Guys of a Certain Age is brought to you by no one. Absolutely no one. Except these dudes walking down memory lane. Now let's head to the studio to see what they misremember next. The guys are back. Guys of a certain age coming to you with almost excellence in podcasting, maybe. Hypothetically, <laughs> near uh, excellence, near excellence. Robbie Koblenz in studio alongside Jay Reed, the talking pharmacist and from parts unknown. Art Shirley. Yeah. The uh, the drawing comic book artist. I, I just came up with that off the top of my head. Sorry. Hey. Yeah. The the, the, talking, the talking pharmacist as opposed to the I silent one. The yeah. silent pharmacist. Yeah. Like Silent Bob from. Uh, um, Oh, what was it? Uh, Jay and Silent Bob from yeah. Clerks and yeah. Ball Rats. Yeah, and yeah. Jay and Silent Bob strike back. So, how are you guys doing? Art, how are you? You're 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 not with us today. You've gone to a different place. Yeah, working from the house today. Yeah. So, have you gotten out your PJs yet? Is the question. Oh, don't answer uh, that. We don't. Yeah, want I'll, to. I'll 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 leave that. Uh, <laughs> I'll leave that un- unanswered. Uh, it looks like Jay's in his PJs. No, that's a polo that's green and blue. Now this is my. Uh, what's it? The the dog, the little blue blues clues. This is my blues oh, clues shirt. Oh, that is a blues clues shirt. What's Bobby, Timmy, Fred? What's the kid's I name? I can't remember. I can't remember either. I'm a, I'm a, oh man, memory I can't believe, of a certain I, age. Uh, yeah. If we only had a device. If only. Yeah. So blues clues. My boys watched a little bit of blues clues. Um, you. Yeah, it seemed like my boys watched it with the original host. Yeah. Yeah, and then Jay, we're vamping. Uh, what's his name? Huh? I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. Oh, oh that's a different guy. Oh, hey. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. had two. They replaced him after a while. He left the show, I think. He aged Steve? Out. Yeah. Steve. His, real, his real name's Steve. Is that his... Uh, Who knows? Steve. Name? Steve and Blue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I got a Steve shirt on. Yeah, you really do. So, And we don't know what kind of shirt Art's, I mean, Art's got on, whether he's got a shirt or not. It doesn't matter because this is an audio only podcast thankfully so let's jump into some geeks of the week so jay you want me to roll this i mean roll it you're gonna cue up the music all right here we go jay you want to describe what we're listening to this is music played by tesla coils and we're not talking about uh cars we're not talking about cars and i don't i gotta tell you i don't really know what a tesla coil is but it looks cool there's uh two sort of copper looking stands with silver bowls on top that are shooting out sparks and in the middle of it is a silver globe and somehow it's making music with lots of electricity and so let's listen and see if the listeners can figure out what it is pretty boy she's waiting there for you Okay. What's cool is it's not just the melody. I mean, there's the thumping of the bass, and there's there's everything in this. There's something there. What do you think, Art? Oh, uh, I think that sounds pretty cool. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed at how how well the, how good the sound the song sounds. It uh, it reminded me when Robbie's geek of the week was the dot matrix printer playing yeah. the same song, and I thought this sounds eerily familiar. I want to hear it on a blender. Now, on a blender. On a blender. <laughs> so, so this is Africa by Toto on musical Tesla coils uh, from Franzoli Electronics on YouTube. So I think you can just Google Africa 
Tesla coils and you're going to pop up because everybody and their grandmother did an article on it, it appears. Right. And so. there's a variety of songs you can listen to if your they've, musical taste is not they've, African. They've got uh, some Daft Punk going on and uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Wow. People just have way too much time on their hands. Highway to Hell by ACDC. Oh. Wow. It looks, you know, there are different types of Tesla coils, but that's what makes a little lightning sparks where you have a right, bipolar yeah. that uh, like in uh, in the Frankenstein movies when you see that named exactly. after Nikolai Tesla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. Who wanted free electricity for the world, of, as I recall. <clears throat> Yeah, didn't yeah. work out too well. And he was a proponent of DC while Edison was a proponent Edison. Of, of AC. So, right. Yeah. And Edison there's supposed won. to be, there's supposed to be a movie coming out about Tesla or a documentary about Tesla. That should be interesting. Kind of a, maybe it already, came, maybe it already came out. Maybe I'm looking at DVD yeah. trailers. Yeah. <laughs> or VHS trailers. That's cool. Yeah. Good find. Jay. Don't you know that Logan Lucky is next in my DVD queue as soon as I finish John Wick? Cool. Are you doing the trilogy of John Wick? Or yes, I watched. Yeah, I've already watched the first one, and the second two are in my possession at the moment. I have not seen okay. John Wick. How was it? I liked it. Yeah. Did you like it, yeah. Art? Yeah, I liked John Wick. We watched the first two. I haven't seen the third one yet. Are there any candles involved? Candles? No. Oh. Maybe at the maybe at the dozens of funerals that occur after. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Don't spoil That's anything. True. Don't spoil anything. All right. Cool. Art, right, what you got for your geek of the week? Okay, mine is, uh, and there's been some news with the uh, Warner Brothers movies uh, that has come out lately. Uh, Zack Snyder's uh, working on, a, we've talked about this before, the, uh, Snyder, the Snyder cut. cut of Justice League. But uh, this latest thing I've seen is that Warner Brothers is saying that they don't think a standalone Superman movie would be successful right now. And that's not really hard to understand. Uh, they've, they've had some problems with, um, I think, with understanding the Superman character. It seems like uh, Marvel's got a better handle on what that character should be through through Captain America. Uh, but uh, there was also talk, I don't know if y'all saw this, that uh, Henry Cavill, or Cavill, however you say his name, was uh, going to become kind of a Nick Fury character or Nick Fury role. His Superman would pop up, little cameos in different uh, super uh, superhero movies that were coming out from DC. Did y'all see this? Like in the no, next well. Aquaman movie and in Shazam. So he would come in and you'd see him maybe in the new Wonder Woman movie. Uh, with or without uh, a mustache that, with or without a mustache that, that's a good point you know yeah. it will he, <laughs> that would be hilarious if he showed up with the full mustache uh-huh so that. but anyway uh, right now they're thinking uh, so it, it may be that uh, you know at some point they'll reboot the whole franchise with somebody else which is they're saying because as much as I was not a fan of man of Steel, I thought that he did a good job as Superman and, and thought he could have played that role uh, but uh but uh, apparently Warner Brothers doesn't think there's a future in that right now. Yeah, I, I think Warner Brothers probably needs to put it all to rest for a little while and maybe, you know, bring it back out, kind of Tom Holify it like they did with Spider-Man. So um, mm-hmm. because there's what, a three year gap between Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland as Spider-Man? Or was it even? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it was I mean, you know, we, everybody was expecting uh, the third in the Andrew Garfield series. And the next thing you know. With maybe just a few years, well, of course he made the appearance in Avengers, but they brought him in, you know, with the idea of you know that he's going to be the new Spider-Man. Correction, but, you know, was, correction. It was Civil War. He appeared in not Avengers, not Avengers. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So it was Captain America. Yeah, Avengers Captain, Civil War. It was Captain America Civil War, also known as yeah. Avengers Two Point Five. That's what. That's okay. exactly right. I still think of that as an Avengers movie more so than a Captain America yeah. movie. Yeah. So, but. 
Cool. But, but a good one nonetheless. Anyway, so that's where we are with that. Yeah, yeah. I, maybe Warner Brothers will get it figured out. Did you, I mean, the HBO Max launch has been um, pretty horrible. I mean, like they're, they're, they've already got comic book movies in the watch it now before they leave queue. Yeah, I and, saw that. And they can't, they seem, they can't seem to get their rotation correct. Um, every, everything that Disney Plus did right it seems like HBO Max is doing wrong. Yeah, that's what I've that's what I've seen too. And I have not. Have you want to be all done a trial subscription, or do you have it? Is it something no. you already have? No, I'm I'm not going to do anything until there's content there that I, I really really want to watch. And you know, it was supposed to launch with all the Batman movies, all the all the DC movies, and mm-hmm. there's hardly anything there. And Harry Potter was supposed to be there, and that's been pulled back for a while. Um, I don't know, man. It's why are they uh, pulling back? You wonder. I mean, it, Everybody else is putting things on. I don't extras. know. I, I couldn't tell you. So, but yeah, I mean, and they they own this stuff, so it's not like they have to worry about. You know, I would I wouldn't think they have to worry about uh, paying somebody else for the rights to pay these things. They would just load up on that stuff. Yes, unless there's some exit language in their contracts with these different providers. So yeah, I'm sure they're probably that's probably true. You know. Uh, also, the one thing I'm curious about was is the the new Looney Tunes, which is supposed to have the look and feel of the original cartoons that came out uh of course there's been a lot said about elmer fudd not still <laughs> not having his shotgun anymore uh, uh, because so that was because for the new a, cartoon that, then I, did, I was wondering i saw the headlines but didn't know that they're going to the give him a walkie-talkie a big huge 1984 walkie-talkie or 83 walkie-talkie every time he has a gun do you know what i'm referencing to that jay the walkie-talkie yeah you know what? i've had walkie-talkies no 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 i'm talking about in et when et was re-released when et and elliot take off over the fbi agents they all had rifles and they replaced them with big walkie-talkies i had forgotten that i didn't know that actually yet. what they're what they're giving him i mean what he's ha- what he has to hunt the rabbit with in a new one is a scythe so, you know, it's like <laughs> the Green Reaper all of a sudden, which I'm thinking, that's okay. a horrible image. That really is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you want your rabbit blow things up? They're still going to have, you know, do you want things? your rabbit filleted here on site? Oh, I my mean, gosh. Yeah. Man. Decapitated Bugs Bunny. Hey, we can make stew really quick. <laughs> yeah. So. Wow. Really quick. Wow. Mm, all right. So. My geek of the week is ultra geeky. I'll try to keep it under four minutes, maybe. So let's go back, shall we, to 1984 when the the uh, the original Mac is released. Apple releases the Mac, and in it, in the heart of it, is the Motorola 6800 processor. So at this time back there, you had Intel with 8088 chips. You had you had uh, those were PCs, and then the Macs had Motorola chips. Flash forward to approximately 94, 95, somewhere in, in there. Apple abandons the Motorola chip to go with the PowerPC chip, which was an IBM, Motorola, Apple joint venture. That that lasted Apple as a CPU, as a, as a processor until, oh, 2004. And then Steve Jobs did what was heresy to everybody. He said, we're going to go with Intel chips to power our Macintoshes. So since 2005, the Mac has been on an Intel-based platform. Here we are in the year 2020. And Intel's fallen upon not difficult times, but they don't have the lead in processor speed and manufacturing technology like they once might have. Uh, AMD has come out of the gate smoking with processors like Ryzen and Threadripper that kind of run circles around uh, the Intel process, the Intel processors, and and the big thing has been trying to get smaller and smaller um, 
uh, manufacturing, you went from like 14 nanometers to 12 nanometers to 10 nanometers. And uh, I know I got all those nanometers wrong. But anyway, Intel has not has has, has not been able to scale down their processing. Uh, AMD has done a great job. So the rumor is. A week after we dropped this podcast, if I remember to edit it this weekend, uh, Apple has Worldwide Developers Conference, WWDC, coming up. And uh, that's where, you know, as it, as it says, you know, you get all the software developers, both for iOS, which is uh, iPhones, and uh, iPads, which is now, you know, iPad OS, and Mac OS people, usually in this huge you know, room and you announce a bunch of stuff and you're just talking about your software uh, roadmap for the next year and you're announcing new things. WWDC is going to be done virtually a week from Monday or a week from today if you're, you know, on the front end of listening. And so the the rumor is that Apple is about to announce another processor change to an ARM chip. So everybody that we practically know has an ARM chip because the ARM chip is what powers the iPad Pro and your iPhones, and, and basically everything that's not a Mac. So the speculation is Apple is going to move to an ARM chip, ARM, and they will control the manufacturing of that chip. Apple's been at um, it's been at the mercy of Intel and their roadmap. And, you know they can't announce new Macs or faster Macs until Intel comes out, announces a chipset, and gets that chipset in enough quantity to. Uh, to satisfy everybody, not only Apple, but Dell, HP, whoever. Uh, so now if Apple moves away from Intel uh, to controlling their own chipset with their own foundries, their own fabric- fabrication, then you may have a Mac that's like a first cousin, if not you know a little bit more than that, maybe a half sibling to your iPad Pro or your iPhone. So there's the speculation that you're, you're going to see a convergence of applications. Right now, there's, always, there, there's already a framework that would allow a developer to take an iOS application and port it over to the Mac operating system very quickly. So um, the whole thing here, how it would affect us probably a year down the line, is probably the next MacBook or MacBook Air is not going to be an Intel-based chip. It's going to be an ARM chip, maybe a little cheaper. It's going to be faster, probably use less power, and it's going to push the convergence of iPhone, iPad, and Mac coming up soon. Hmm. I did that in four minutes. Four minutes, I timed it. It'll be interesting to see what all the ARM chip quarterbacks have to say about it. Oh, wow. And that's all I have to say about that. Oh, Mrs. Reed. That's all I can say. We're going to have to pause the recording for a minute and rectify some situations with that one. So. Uh, but Art, you remember, you know, you re- you remember the old sixty eight hundred chips with the Mac, the Mac SEs oh, yeah. and all that, and yeah. then the Power PC. You remember I had that Power PC that I edited on forever. And- no, wasn't the Power PC? Didn't that kind of correspond to the whole time that uh, uh, they also tried to license the software That's right. and that other people were making Power PC based? That's right. Very Chip. good. I mean, that was that was that was the same, around the same time. It right? was it so, was the same time. So they they that had was what, Neil Emilio or something like Gil that. Gil Emilio, Doctor Gil, Gil Emilio. Okay. Yeah, very good. Yeah. That was after yeah. uh, Schneider Schnitter, whatever. He was a, a German executive who was CEO of Apple that didn't do a very good job after John Scully. And I know I just butchered mm-hmm. his name. Then you had Gil Emilio, Doctor Gil Emilio came in. I think he was at Motorola prior to. Or yeah, uh, he tried to open that. You know, up so that uh, third parties could make Macintosh 
or uh, main computers that ran, uh, you know, Apple software. It was called the uh, Common Hardware Reference Platform, the CHIRP. Yeah. yeah. And there were a couple of, I mean, there were a couple of pretty good boxes that came out there of were. that. But That's right. uh, as soon as Steve Jobs came back, he shut like, all that down. Nick's Nick's. And uh, yeah. then they moved from the old OS 9 the old classic OS nine to the Linux based OS ten, and that's where we've been ever since. So, okay, my question was going to be: Do you see a problem? I can understand why this is going to help integrate the Macintosh with the, uh, you know, the different i the iPhone and the iPad stuff. Is it going to create problems with software that's created for you know Intel chips and I, being able to port those things over? I think so. I think that's going to be a uh, it's going to be a problem because mm-hmm. right now you can take any Mac. And you can install what's called Boot Camp, and you could turn it into a very functional, great Windows PC. I run mm-hmm. Windows 10 virtually in a partition in parallel software to run QuickBooks on my Mac. I don't see how you can virtualize a Intel operating system on an ARM chip moving forward. So mm-hmm. that that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think yes. it's going to be interesting too. And and you see, um, and, and Jay just loves it when all the dead programs come back. Uh, <laughs> and so we, we've seen Adobe have, um, uh, you know, they ported their software to the uh, to the ARM chips with iPad because you've got Photoshop for iPad and a few other things. So this is going to be very very interesting. It's it's further the further convergence of the desktop and the in the pocket devices. Jay, do you have a question? Uh, no, that was Yon. Uh, <laughs> Well, okay. We're going to take a break so Jay can uh, absorb and take a nap, and then we're going to talk to him about bad puns and be back in a second. We have given Jay some coffee. He has woken up, and he's muttering something about gill and arm and power PCs, so he may have absorbed a few things from the previous segment. segment. As we go into the apocalyptic movie favorite playlist of guys of a certain age, we were kind of kicking around. What can we do? Movie theaters hopefully will be opening nationwide over the next week, week and a half. And uh, there's not a lot of new content obviously out there. So we talked a few things and we landed on what are our favorite apocalyptic movies. You said that very well. Wow, man. I tell you what, I just knew I was going to butcher it. So, um, Art, why don't you go first? What's your what's your favorite end of the world uh, type well, movies? And and I'll probably step on some of your here. There's a you know there's a list. I looked back through to see what uh, you know what the internet considers apocalyptic movies and. You know, of course, the ones that came to my mind first of all were the Planet of the Apes movies. Although, you know, Get with the original, you don't really realize that that's sorry there. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna break it up. Is that good? No, no, no. You're good. You're good. Uh, I, I broke you know, it Logan's up. Run, Mad Max, all those kind of things are in there. But, but my favorite one. Other than Hell Comes to Frogtown, if y'all are familiar with Roddy, <laughs> Rowdy Roddy Piper in that movie. What? But, no. Did y'all not know Hell Comes to Frogtown? No, no, I'm looking that up right now. Yeah, that's, I mean, the 80s had some really, really, you know, classic, classically bad <laughs> apocalyptic movies, and that's one of them. But this is from the mid-70s, 1975, and it's called A Boy and His Dog. Are y'all familiar with oh, this? Oh, yeah. I saw yeah. the name of it. Yeah, that was a Harlan Ellison. Um, Harlan Ellison wrote the novella that, uh, yeah. the novella that uh, inspired the movie. Uh, Har- Harlan Ellison, a science fiction writer, uh, wrote uh, uh, some a Star Trek episode. Uh, and and some, and I think, I think that some Twilight Zone episodes. Maybe I've got that wrong, but anyway, uh, it's a it's a it's a very different movie. Uh, it's uh, it stars a, a young uh, gosh, I just drew a blank on his name. Uh, 
what's the guy? Don Johnson. I wanted to say Don Jones, but it's LQ Jones as the director. Young Don Johnson from Miami Vice fame as uh, He's as the, the hero Vic, uh, and he has a talking dog. So that's the boy and his dog. Uh, they find a hidden society in this apocalyptic uh, culture that is supposed to be taking place in 2024, uh, and uh, and they it's the hidden culture is called Topeka. It's uh, it's in Kansas. You know, it, yeah, and it's not what, anymore. What, what they bring him down to do, spoiler alert, is to uh, help repopulate the world by impregnating the women of the the young women of the society. Uh, things take a nasty turn for him. It's not the ideal situation that he thought it was going to be. Like I said, it's rated R, you know, and for you know appropriate reasons. But uh, it's a it's a it's a fun story. And the whole thing has this payoff and a punchline at the very end of it, which, uh, again, I won't spoil. But uh, it really uh, it, it's, it's, it was one of those that I remember seeing probably in the mid 80s, you know, and uh, and had heard about it for years and just and enjoyed. I haven't seen it in forever now, so I'm not sure how well it holds up. But one thing about these apocalyptic movies, and, and we can talk about these as y'all give your choices, is is knowing what year they supposedly take place. This one takes place in 2024, so we're four years out. But some of them, like the Omega Man or whatever, you know, the classics, uh, Soylent Green, those kind of things, usually take place like in the 80s or you know, or, or early early 2000s. So we've passed that time. Of course, 1984 being probably one of the most famous stories place back that time but we seem to be living that uh sometimes in in real in our present day anyway a boy and his dog is going to be my choice nice nice now did did don johnson have socks on during this movie uh at some points he did and some points he didn't (laughs) (laughs) and that's all i have to say about that's all we have to say about that so i I, I he was not wearing a pastel covered colored uh, t-shirt under another pastel covered uh suit coat with the sleeves pushed up well that's good that's good yeah and so there was no and glenn fry did glenn fry show up at any point yeah glenn fry of course is no i'm just kidding he's not there <laughs> did he glenn sing? fry played the voice of the doll no. <laughs> and he sang the heat is on that's right that's right, <laughs> yeah. that's right. wow what you got jay well i realized that when i looked through those internet lists of a, the best apocalyptic movies ever that i had not seen most of them um, it's like you, all the Mad Maxes. And you all. live in the now. Yeah, that's right. Right. And of course, Shaun of the Dead, which I will eventually watch. <laughs> I still there. hadn't seen that yet because that was that was a close call for my favorite, too. But the, yeah, but uh, now I knew it would come up. So I just went ahead and brought it up. I think maybe part <laughs> mm-hmm. of my non-apocalyptic viewing is so many of them are zombie related. And that's just yeah. my thing. Yeah, and I kind of put those in a different genre. I, yeah. I, the apocalyptic movies that I think about now usually take place after some kind of nuclear event. Right, right. Well, that's you know, I would that's agree. destroyed the world. But and there are. But some they did that, show up in the list. Yeah. But, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say a lot of the. I, I agree with you, but a lot of those movies did show up in the you know uh, Planet Z or what is it Z World War Z World War Z was in Which there. Is, Zombie Land. Zombie Land is one I think I want to see because yeah, talk, I like that. It looked like it was funny. Um, but I think for me it was the Planet of the Apes movies. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that's just that's what I know, and I liked both sets, the Get early your ones hands and the late off ones. Of me, you never mind. Yeah, sorry. And you know, I guess it's not a. I don't know how what the apocalyptic event the, was there. The, other the than thing just with the takeover. Planet of the Apes movies that may it not immediately come to my mind is that you don't realize. I mean, the whole. And again, this is a spoiler for those of you who have not seen the 1968 version of Planet of the Apes. <laughs> it's only 52 but, years old, Art. Come that's on. That's right. That's right. But the uh, 
but you don't realize that it's apocalyptic until the very end. Now, the right, later movies, right. obviously, you do, and they, and they play off of all that. Uh, but uh, so that's one reason it didn't feel like it, you know, as much of an apocalyptic movie as, as uh, like Mad Max movies do. You, you blew the whole. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So. But as far as favorites go, I mean, that's I like those. Um, yeah, that's a classic. At, I was interested. It was good to see. Good to see. It was interesting to see. Like Wally, <laughs> Pixar movie, was listed as po- yeah. apocalyptic. Pocahontas. And- it's listed as listed <laughs> as Pocahontas. Yeah, it, yeah. Wally is. You've yeah. seen Wally, right? Yeah, I've, I definitely have seen Wally. Wally. And mm-hmm. Independence Day, which yeah. is kind of a you know, yeah. it was on the list. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I would agree there, but it was on one of the list. And Avengers Endgame was. Oh, on yeah, the list. it showed up on it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, what X Men Apocalypse, and also Days of Future Past. Oh, sure. Up. And Art, I was curious from your side because usually you have some old black and white movies on your list. Uh, <laughs> on the Beach is that one that you've seen or? or come yeah, across? I've seen that. I've read that book. Uh, it's just not one of my my favorites. I mean, it's okay. It's it's uh, it's maybe it's more too cerebral. It's too cerebral for me because you know it's a it's this thought out thing. There, you know, but uh, I like I like mutants and you know like if once you see <laughs> Hell Comes to Frogtown, you'll kind of know where I'm coming from. <laughs> that's the standard uh, by which we it, measure. Huh? That's the way, standard by which all movies are judged. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's kind of the classic. I mean, like uh, there are the Omega Man. Uh, what is it? I Am Legend. Uh, mm-hmm. The Last Man on Earth. Those are all the, from the same story. We've talked about those before. So there's a there's a there's versions of those that date back to like a Vincent Price movie, which is The Last Man on Earth. Uh, then Charlton Heston's Omega Man and then Will Smith's I Am Legend. And there may be other versions of that as well that okay. I, I like that story. I like that story in every version it's told. But, um, yeah, so those are some of the older ones that, that kind of come to mind for that. Okay. So, cool. Robbie, I actually have three A trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. So Shaun of the Dead is great, but I, I knew that that would pop up. Um, but there are three and we've already talked about one a little bit that that's kind of my if I want to be like really depressed, I'll watch these. Uh, I am Legends, one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, re- I have seen that one. Yeah. I really liked Will Smith's version of it. Uh, it it's it's probably it's it's not completely faithful to the book. And I really like the well, it's a novella. I really liked uh, what Matt who wrote did. that because Richard blank on Richard Matheson Matheson. Yeah. Matheson. Okay. yeah. Maybe with a couple extra T's or not. Who knows? Fanna, mm. I'd like to buy a consonant, please. <laughs> um, and so I really like that. Um I like Spielberg's version of War of the Worlds. Yeah. And uh, the, uh, the the 60s version of War of the Worlds, either late 50s or early 60s, I can't remember. 50, when it, 53, yeah. 50, uh-huh. yeah. That was 53 because it was color and everything. So Yeah. Uh, well, they had color, they've had color since the 30s. <laughs> yeah. But Susan <laughs> yeah. Kane was black and white. So, yeah. um, But I, I that, that movie terrified me because it would come on WGN on their Sunday afternoon um, uh, cinema showcase thing that they did um and I, I i love that original well it's not the original original but i like that 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 version and i really like what spielberg did with it and yeah. um um you know it the 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 jet crash scene when when they come out you know he comes out the next day and comes through the 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 jet crash was just pretty amazing um and then the third is cloverfield Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I thought you were going to go with Children of Men. 
Well, you know, I, I don't own Children and Men. I need to I need to buy Children and Men, which it's a great uh-huh. book if you've never read it. Children and Men's pretty fascinating as well. Do you know the premise of Children and Men? Jay? I've read a summary on the net, but I don't remember. So, and we've mentioned it before, but but go ahead with uh, Cloverfield. Let well, me, you know, Cloverfield's found footage. It is a um, it is set up as you know some kid who's about to leave to changing jobs he's not far out of college he gets a camcorder and he and his girlfriend kind of are going around for the day going to coney island it takes place in new york and then uh, there's a going away party for a friend one night and they're shooting videos and you know hey sorry you're gone john good to see you again we'll catch up soon type of thing and uh this creature comes out of out of the bay um, into New York up through lower Manhattan and you never really see the creature. And um, so the, the whole movie is found footage of the stuff as the camera is rolling and you see all this and uh, they end up nuking. Uh, New York to and it's called the Cloverfield incident to try to contain it and uh, directed by J.J. Abrams and it was one of those um, uh, secret movies with a guerrilla marketing campaign where you really had no idea what it was and they kept it under wraps and um, I really really enjoyed it I thought it was a lot of fun Um, and then they came back and they had two sequels to Cloverfield sort of kind of sequels that yeah. Anyway, well, I came across another one. I think it was called Ten Cloverfield Lane. That's a sequel. Yeah. yeah. Is that a sequel? That's okay. a sequel. Uh-huh. It takes and place it's very, very different, very different movie. Yeah. It's uh, it takes place in a bunker right. after the alien yeah. has come, and you see, you know, it's a kind of a dramatic piece in a bunker, and you know they're trying Never to really get out. Then you see outside. aliens, and you don't really know what's going on. Yeah. And, I liked that movie. It was, I mean, you, it's if you go into expecting it to be Cloverfield two, it's not. But I thought it was interesting the take they took on it. But I need to go back and rewatch Cloverfield because I remember really enjoying that, uh, especially the take on the whole, you know, big monster uh, being such a different take and using the found footage technique on that. I thought was very interesting. And that's uh, you said it was J.J. Abrams. Yeah, J.J. Abrams did Cloverfield. So uh, now you guys said zombie movies are kind of a completely separate thing. Uh, Another movie that comes to mind uh, that really, to me, kind of kicked off the zombie craze was 28 Days Later. Um, mm-hmm. Which was directed by Danny Boyle, uh, starred Eccleston, Christopher, Christopher Eccleston's in it. Um, oh, who's the guy who played the Scarecrow in the in the Christian Bale Batman movies? Um, oh, uh, Penny Dreadful. He's got kind of a strange name. I shouldn't say that. It's not a name. He was strange in name. Uh, Kieran, Kieran Hines. Yeah, yeah, he was. No, in, is that right? That's no, not right. No, is that's it? not. No, right. that's not right. That's somebody completely different. That's. I'll look it up. Yeah, why don't you look it up? Um, and so that was shot on uh, DV, uh, mini DV. It was all digital, next to no budget. And the premise: a guy wakes up in a hospital 28 days later after he had an accident in London, and everything's <clears throat> deserted, and he comes across zombies. But these are not the mm-hmm. lumbering zombies. These are zombies that that run fast, can run up steps, the whole nine yards. So you've got this this chase thing going on. He gets out of town gets to a, uh, a house out in the country and and I'll just leave it at that but it's it's a fascinating movie um, there's a the Walking Dead was heavily influenced by 28 yeah. years later I don't I don't care what anybody says um, but it was shot well I think on I a think very you, low you budget. had you had dawn of the dead and you know oh. return of the living dead and all that kind of stuff you know beforehand yeah but it, it wasn't until 28 days later like you said that it kind of really 
<laughs> brought brought it back to life. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. resurrected it, resurrected it, and also took it out of that whole. You know, because you go, why is a zombie even scary? I mean, you, you're watching him walk across the field from 100 yards away. You've got plenty of time to get away <laughs> from him. Um, not that the movies weren't scary in their own right, but that one really kind of ramped things up a bit. Cillian Murphy is Cillian Murphy is who it was. And yeah. Eccleston was in it. That was before he came in as Doctor Who in, in 05 mm-hmm. for that single season. And, you know, the, the thing about it was it was a completely different type of zombie because prior to this, zombies mm-hmm. were lumbering and could not go up steps and that type of thing. These were infected people with this rage virus. And yeah. uh, so anyway, that's kind of an honorable mention. But Children of Men's another phenomenal one. And I would highly recommend that you watch it, Jay, if you haven't seen it. I have not. Yeah. It's Alfonso it's not, it's not a. It's not a feel-good movie. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's but it's, not. it's very good. Uh, I mean, it really. And who is the director of that? We, we Alphonse Cuaron. Alphonse Cuaron. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and I'm sure I've butchered that name. Yeah, but, I know uh, I did, but uh, I, that was hey, right after he did one of the Harry Potters. I believe. Yeah. Prisoner yeah. of Azkaban. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, and he's a phenomenal director. He did Gravity as well. He's done some other stuff, and uh, I just really like. He his did stuff. Roma. But like I said, that's it's a great movie. It's and there were some other ones that were mentioned that you know are, are good movies, but that, I think those are just the ones we've mentioned are, are some uh, some of the good ones. Yeah, Children of Men was nominated for a variety of awards. I'm trying to look for it. Was nominated mm-hmm. for Best Cinematography at the Oscars, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Film Editing. Uh, Alphonse Cuaron. So yeah. yeah. Um, so I would, the, the cinematography is phenomenal. There's a shot in there that takes place in a, in a vehicle. There's a scene that takes place in a vehicle and the camera's just rotating around the car and going in and out of the windows. And it is unbelievable. Huh. So, um, uh, great, you know, you movie. mentioned war of the worlds and maybe this could be a topic for a future podcast, maybe next week. <laughs> Cause we're but, scraping uh, the bottom you know, of the podcasting barrel. That's right. But, and I've seen, you know, iTunes is, is, is doing these as bundles, but you know, remake, I mean, a classic or original versus version versus remake, you know, there's several that, you know, would come to mind war, the war of the worlds. Although there have been, like you said, several different adaptations of that, including a, a famous radio broadcast, but you know, you think of the 53 version, I think it's 53. Maybe 58. But anyway, you think of that version and then you think, I think, uh, like you said, Spielberg's version, you know, did such a great job of, of bringing that, uh, you know, to to the modern age. I thought they just did a really good job with that. You've got the day the earth stood still. You've got the thing. So we might, you know, look at those. Kind you've of got things. you've got Fantastic Four with Christopher Evans. You've got uh, The Incredibles. You've got Chronicle. Then you've got Fantastic Four again. And we could go through all yeah. four of them, you know. So yeah. uh, I still think The Incredibles is the best Fantastic Four movie ever made. So, yeah, hard to beat. Hard to beat. Hard to beat the fact that we're at the end of this podcast. So we want to thank all you guys. It's for, the end of the podcast yeah. and the end of the. No. no, it's the end of the podcast as we know it. And hopefully, you <laughs> will feel, feel fine. fine. You will feel fine. Do we feel fine? We kind of feel, feel fine. fine. So we want to thank all you guys for downloading, listening, and supporting. And until next week, we'll see you.